So welcome to our online only gathering. We're so excited that you're with us, whether you're with family, your community group, or maybe you're on a treadmill somewhere watching this. But every year we take a Sunday and we go online only in order to give a Sabbath rest to our teammates. Teammates, we love you. Thank you for all the ways that you serve every single week. You are a vital part of all Jesus is doing through his public church. But this just gives everyone just a breather because rest is a biblical principle. And every year our talk focuses on rest. So this year we're talking about rest and the Word of God. Well, how do those two things connect? Well, biblically, a big part of resting is that we rest to refuel. And an essential part of refueling for Jesus followers is being in the Word. We actually see this in Hebrews chapter 4. The major theme of Hebrews chapter 4 is rest. And then it appears the author takes a turn as he mentions the Word. And so here's what the author writes in verse 12. For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give an account. So again, it feels like a turn, but it's actually very connected. Because what the author wants us to understand is that in order to enter into the rest God has for us, we must let the Word do its work. So what is the work of the Word? Well, here it says the Word reveals. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The things that um, we didn't say or thought about saying or did say at Christmas time as we're going through the holidays and we got frustrated and we got mad, things that we don't want to deal with, it reveals those things. The things that we don't want anybody to know about, it reveals those things. Why does it reveal them? So that Jesus can then heal us. So that's the work of the Word. It both reveals that Jesus can come and heal. And the only way for us to truly rest, for us to truly be refueled, is to let the Word do that exposing, that revealing, and let Jesus come behind and heal. So today we are talking about how the Word can just refuel us and refresh us and and just getting real practical with that. And so to do so, I am so excited because I am get to have a conversation with a dad and a son that's David and Cody Disney. So let's get to that conversation. So here I am with David Disney and Cody Disney for our conversation about the Word and rest. So could you guys introduce yourselves? We'll let the oldest go first. I'm glad he said the oldest because that comes along with wisdom. <laughs> so uh, the wisest to go first. Yes, uh, that's true. Because yeah, I, I have been around a lot longer and I have more to share, right? <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, I grew up on a farm, Todd. And first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, it's an honor for me to be here with you guys. And uh, I really appreciate it. Definitely. But I grew up on a farm. Um, I was born in Chicago, Illinois, just right outside Chicago, and moved down here when I was just a small child. Don't even remember being up there, so you can't call me a Yankee. <laughs> but I, I grew up there uh, on the farm and uh, worked there on the farm with my dad. Everything he did, I was right in the middle of. I learned everything I could from him and uh, went through school, didn't have a job working at any, anywhere except on the farm. So I was there all the time. We worked with cattle. We worked with uh, chickens. We had it all. We were doing a lot of different things. But uh, the biggest thing that I remember at home was it was Dad and I really grew close together. Mm-hmm. So that was a special time. 
So it was hard for me to leave home mm -hmm. and start public work. Yeah. But my mom used to work at what used to be Mallory Battery that's now Duracell. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she went and got me an application. Uh, I said, okay, I'll fill it out. I'll work during the summer. I'll go to Cleveland State this fall. And 39 years later, I retired from Duracell and <laughs> did a little bit of schooling at Cleveland State and also went to uh, in Knoxville there for a little bit. But I uh, had a good career there at Duracell, did a lot of different jobs, a lot of different functions, met a lot of nice people, and uh, we did a lot of good things there at Duracell over the years. But after I retired, during the time that I was young and there at Duracell, uh, Sherry and I were married, Sherry Disney and I were married. Uh, I was 19, uh, so I didn't work very long before I asked her to marry me. And then uh, here came Bridget after a miscarriage. And uh, the doctor came in and did some surgery and said, you probably will not have children. Uh, and it devastated Sherry and myself too. But uh, we prayed about it. She went to another doctor. Eventually we had Bridget. Mm -hmm. And I said, wow, this is great. We have a little girl. And uh, I thought, man, if we're gonna be like this, I'll take a dozen of them, you know. Uh, after another miscarriage, and uh, eight years later, here come Cody. So that ended it. Uh, that was enough. The grand finale. After that one, that was enough, okay? So, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, it, was, it was special, uh, but I knew the problems we were having. Uh, it was better for the family just to have the two. So we were blessed we felt very blessed to have two when we didn't think we'd have any. Yes. So that really helped us a lot. So we saw him and her grow up together. They're in the home. And then as I was 55 years old, right before I retired from Duracell, the Lord called me in the ministry. Yeah. So I've been pastoring a church for the last 10 years. <laughs> and uh, they're in, right on the edge of Polk County, in uh, Bonner's Baptist Church. Yes. Uh, but while we were growing up, the kids, we kept them in church. We were going all the time, uh, sung with a trio, did so much together in the church. So yes. that was a big part of our life. When I was a kid, it, my parents were taking me to church. Yes. So I took our kids to church. Yeah. But church has always been a vital part. But it's more than just the church, and I'll get to more of that later. Yeah. But mm. you get to I'm a local local guy. <laughs> yes. You know, been here. I've got been forced to travel quite a bit, but I grew up here. Yeah. And I'm a hometown boy. I love that. Man, that's awesome. I just love hearing your story. Yeah. Um, was Dad did mention, uh, my name is Cody James Disney. Um, and we share the same middle name. Uh, this is David James Disney. So I'm Cody James Disney. And I always thought growing up, like when I was really little, my godfather and like a really close friend of ours, his name was James. And he always would try to convince me that I, my middle name was after him. <laughs> And then I finally realized, like, no, it's named from my dad. And now my, my son is Jackson James Disney. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. That um, but like, like Dad said, I grew up here and uh, with, with Dad and my mom, Sherry, and I uh, grew up uh, bugging Bridget, my sister, all the time. And now she has a family that we're really close to and love. And um, 11 years ago, this last month, I married my wife, Hannah. Um, and have just been, like, so so in love and love her and um now we have annie um who is six years old and in kindergarten at the same school that hannah is now teaching at which is awesome 
um, and that your oldest son Liam's at, and so that's cool. Uh, and then Jackson, as I said, is four, and they are just a blast, e- exhausting. Um, but I can kind of echo what Dad said. At least for for us, um, we're good with two. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, but we we love them and have a ton of fun. Um, and what's really cool is Dad mentioned he's been serving in vocational and full time ministry uh, for the last ten years after he retired. Um, well, now coming up, as we're about to celebrate public church, um, I've had the privilege of being our worship pastor um, since we started 10 years ago. Um, and so I stepped into that role um, and it's just been so, so blessed. And I think it's cool that we both started that journey at the same time. Um, but I love what I do. I love um, the people I get to do it with, Todd and our team and my public worship team. And just so, so blessed and really, really excited about this opportunity today. And thank you for making it happen. Definitely. Yeah, I think this is just so special. And I'm, I'm just so excited for us to dive in. So the first question for you, David, um, we'll, we'll continue to the theme of the wisest first. So um, <laughs> when did you really first start to like read and then also apply the Bible? Because that might have been two different instances for you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh... I, I vividly remember when we were at home uh, as a child, and uh, before my younger brother came along, uh, my sister and I would be in separate bedrooms, and before we go to sleep at night, we would read the Bible. And I mean, it was, I, nobody told us to do it. We just actually started doing that. Awesome. And uh, I remember we were reading the Psalms, and uh, I would read a chapter, and then I would hear her pick up and read in the chapter. So it was back and forth. I grew up in church. We were there all the time as far as Sunday school. We had perfect attendance in Sunday school for years and years and years. Yes. And, uh, you know, had the pins to go along with it, <laughs> all those things. So, uh, but we were, we were in church, and I knew the importance of the Scripture. And so we started reading some along. And it wasn't until I was probably in high school till I realized I need to connect something here. And... I was with my friends in freshman in high school there at Bradley, huge school from where we came from. And we were down in an area probably they don't have anymore, but it was called a smoking area. Yes. And uh, I can't say it. a long time ago. Yeah, I, could, I, could, <laughs> I could say that. I wish I could say I wasn't ever smoking, but I did smoke something <laughs> occasionally. Uh, but uh, the one thing that I, I remember vividly is whenever I, we call it a pusher today, uh, back then, a guy was peddling drugs and he walked up to us, three guys. And as we were standing there, he said, uh, you guys need a pill, you know, and he opens his jacket and it was lined with pill bottles. Mm-hmm. And he started talking about what different pills would do for you. Mm-hmm. And my friends felt the need to, yeah, we need to experiment with that. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, other side, he had alcohol. You know, you don't want pill. What about a shot of liquor? You know, I man, he was ready to, for a quarter, he'd give a shot of liquor. And I said, no, guys, I, I'm drawing the line here. I remember vividly the scripture that Paul talked about, and I use it a lot today because I think it is so important that we as Christians come out from among the world. Second Corinthians, Paul was telling those people at Corinth, make sure you're not of this world. You know, you are separate, mm-hmm. so we're to live our lives separate. So I remembered that and thought, I'm drawing a line in the sand today. Right. 
And I'm, I had to walk away from those friends. We were never as close as we used to be. Mm -hmm. But that was my first real encounter of saying yes to, to the Lord mm -hmm. and saying, I am going to be different. Yeah. And I'm going to let the Word speak to me. That's right. And I've shared that story many, many times. Yes. But that's the biggest, biggest thing that I remember when I really used the Word of, word of God to impact my life. I, I just appreciate you sharing it. And for all of you who are in high school or middle school, do what he did. Mm -hmm. Like he is speaking wisdom here and apply the word, even if it means the losses and friendships, like we have to have those times that we draw that line in the sand and we say, no, because we follow Jesus, the Bible is our standard and we will be different. So thank you for setting that example for all of us. Yeah. So Cody, what about you? When did you really begin to read and then apply God's word? Yeah, I think... Um as similar to how dad said he grew up, I could basically echo that. You know, it's clearly <laughs> passed down, which I'm thankful for. Um, but we were in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Um, he mentioned a little bit a minute ago, uh, mom sang in the ladies' Southern Gospel Trio. Dad played bass for it. So there were many weekends. It'd be like, we're in a church on Friday singing. We're in a church on Saturday singing. We'll go to church on Sunday and then maybe go somewhere else Sunday afternoon for another singing. And so, um, and then I grew up and became the drummer in that eventually after beating around on the pews and songbooks long enough, um, which is where a lot of my love for worship and music even began. But um, so we were very involved in the local church, still have a heart and passion for it, obviously. Um, I accepted Christ when I was seven years old at a Christmas production in our church. Um, and obviously, um, I knew that the word was important. I knew that there was at that time, it looked like a Sunday school lesson, you know, and uh, a pastor up preaching anytime we gathered together. Um, and I think as I was growing and, and, and beginning to um, come into my own and my own faith, it was really in high school that I kind of took an initial step there. I'm just getting involved with some different organizations, um, having some good friends, people like you in my life that I knew how to walk with Christ, knew had something in their life that I wanted to be a part of. Um, and even to make some of those choices, um, nothing like what dad quite said, but um, knowing that people were making other decisions and knowing what God's word said um, about how we should live. And dad shared that story with me when I was going into high school. So it was always in the back of my mind. Um, but really, the biggest impact and step I took to apply the Word of God into my daily life had to happen um, when I was in college. And if I'm being honest, it was due to some failures and missteps in my journey and in my life and to kind of get to a lower place and realize, hey, this, this is a living Word and that Jesus is near. And it's so much more than just an ancient book, but it could be applied to my daily struggles, my daily life. Um, and Hannah, who was my girlfriend at the time, we uh, decided, hey, I, I need to take a turn um, and we want to get in God's word and we want to do it with together and with other people. Sure. So we started a Bible study group um, with some people who we're still close with and are part of our church family today. Callie Lindbergh, Alex and Katie Maxwell. Um, and what God did in that season of my life, I can I cannot over. Uh, I cannot overstate it. And just that I remember the James study that we did together. I remember several different studies from different pastors where we dove into God's Word. I remember scripture memorization that we did together in that time. And that was the first time I actually was hungry for the Word of God and saw its daily impact in my life. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's awesome. And I think for all of you listening, like 
that's what community groups can be for you. You know, that's why we talk about community groups. And I know your church has that, like your version of that. We have our version of that. Like we have to study the word with people because there's so much that comes from like, hey, let's memorize the Bible together. I just think, man, that's absolutely amazing. So Cody, we'll stick with you this time. So as you were growing up, how did your dad both model and teach you to love the word? Yeah, um, I remember... From some of my earliest memories just kind of around our house. Um, and it's funny, he mentioned like being hometown, a local boy. I'm the same way. We lived in the same house until I got married. They're yeah. still in that house today. Um, and so a lot of memories there. And I remember kind of walking through the home and uh, I would always see dad's and mom's Bibles in different places throughout the home. It wasn't like it was just sitting here like yes. as a piece of furniture or something. It would be moving from place to place. Yeah. Uh, which told me that they were in it. You know, I didn't, when I was younger, I didn't have like a, a vivid memory of their kind of personal time with Laura. I knew it was happening, mm-hmm. but it could probably when I was asleep, yeah. you know, <laughs> and out of it, or playing out of their hair for a minute. Yeah. Um, but, and I vividly remember as I was young, especially on a Saturday uh, where I'd be wanting to do something or we'd have maybe like be out doing something, but dad always had to get home and spend what seemed to me, I don't know at the time, it seemed to me when I was young is like hours um, just preparing in God's word for his Sunday school lesson that he was gonna be teaching the next day um, prior to him um, becoming a pastor. He taught Sunday school forever. Um, So I knew that it was important to him um, and I knew that he loved the word of God. um, And honestly, he just modeled it through how he raised our family. Um, through the, the principles and values that he instilled in us. I may not have known it much then, but I certainly do now, yes, um, that he was a really, really great model mm-hmm. of um, what we read and the principles that can be found in God's Word. Yep, and that's huge because let's yeah. say that you had seen your dad reading all the time, but then you got older and you're like, whoa, yeah. what you're reading isn't how you're acting. That would have honestly messed you up. Right. You know, and honestly, that may be some of your stories, and we're sorry about that. But thank you for being a man of integrity who, James 1.22, you were a doer of the word. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, and so, David, for you, speaking to those of us who are parents or maybe future parents, like, is there anything that you did with Cody and Bridget that you're like, man, I'm so glad that Sherry and I did that? Or maybe there's something, we'll leave Sherry out of the regret part. Maybe there's something that you're like, man, I wish I had done that with our kids. Oh, wow. Uh yeah, when uh, we started having children, Todd, the first thing we found ourselves doing was taking Bridget everywhere. Yeah. I mean, she was in everything we celebrated through the heartbreaks, mm-hmm. trials, she was with us. Mm-hmm. And uh, it got to the point where anytime we had an anniversary or going out for dinner, it's like, where are we going to have our anniversary dinner? Yeah. I mean, it was like <laughs> she was part of the anniversary. Uh, and then Cody come along, and it was the same thing. We took them everywhere. Uh, they were with us all the time. So it wasn't like we were, you know, leaving them behind all the time. They were with us. But um, by having them engaged in our lives so heavily, it, I wish I could say that we read the Word more with them. But instead of reading the Word so much, I guess I did more like my mom and dad. They lived it out in front of me. That's right. And it helped me as Cody was talking about, we modeled it. That was exactly what we were hoping to do. Yes. Uh, Cody was saying, I, I taught Sunday school. I spent a lot of time studying. I taught Sunday school for several years. I was a deacon for 25 years before I started pastoring. 
My story is kind of unusual the way it unfolded, but God knows what He's doing, you know, at the end of the day. Mm. But uh, I'm thankful for the time that we had together. And I wish if I had it to do over for people that are listening, I would probably try to seize those moments when I was teaching instead of just modeling, Mm. connect the dots with the Word of God. Mm. This scripture you can apply today. You know, learn this because it's this is where we get it. Mm-hmm. You know, God instituted the home, He instituted the family, mm-hmm. and He expects us to be in His Word. Yeah. I wish I'd have did more of that, probably. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate the time we had together and everything that we did together. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm thankful that Cody can say today he saw the Lord living in Sherry and I yes. and made him want to be what he's doing today. Mm-hmm. But uh, it would have been better for me if I'd have probably spent more time in the Word with Him. Yeah, I understand. Well, I, I just want to point out, I love the grace in that and the way the Holy Spirit, even the thing that you wish you had done, the Holy Spirit took care of it and Cody and Bridget both right. got it. They, they can, the Holy Spirit connected those dots, but it's also a really good challenge to us to like be more explicit, you know, and to make sure it's not just, hey, do this because I said so, but do this because God said so, like in connecting those dots. So that's awesome. Um, so now we get to talk about something I know you're both very passionate about, which is Israel. So both of you guys have been to Israel, and I know that has shaped how you study and read the Word. So tell us about it. And I don't, I don't know if we have the time in the day. <laughs> Or if what Todd even realized the box that he just opened with dad. Anyone from his church that ever watches this or knows him well knows what is coming. But, um, I, can't, well, I can't wait for this part. I'll pour a cup of you, coffee. Yeah. Yeah. I'll try to give you the short version. Okay. <laughs> oh, I didn't know it. 1960, 1998, what was about to happen to my life. Uh, we were, some of us in the church was wanting our pastor to go. So as we were contemplating how we get him to go, because he said he'd never get on an airplane. He didn't have no desire to be over there, uh, you know, but we really felt like it would be a help to him. So three of us got together and said, you know, we ought to go uh, because we knew he wouldn't go unless some of us went. Mm-hmm. So we got together and we said, OK, we're going to go and we'll tell him that he needs to go. And whenever we say, you need to go, he's going to say, you go with me and I'll go. And so one Sunday morning after church, we said, you need to go to Israel. And he looked at us and said, you go with me and we'll go. And we said, pack your bags. (laughs) So from there, we made our first trip. And every trip is special when you go to the Holy Land. Every trip has special moments. You're with different people at different times. And it's a special place. But what I really saw from being a visual person, I mean, I'm visually, when I see it, it helps me understand it so much more. The first morning we were there, we go to the, uh, get up to go down for breakfast. Uh, The pastor that we went with, Lee Ingram, Lee said, come here, I want to show you something. And I said, it's time for breakfast. (laughs) And uh, he said, no, I want to show you something. So we took We walked one block and was standing on a cliff overlooking the Sea of Galilee. And he said, look out here. And he said, right over in that area, that's where Peter probably walked. And then he said, and then glance over here on this this mountain. He said, that's probably the land of the Gadareans. He had been there before. And he said, that's the land of the Gadareans. And that's where the swine ran into the Sea of Galilee. 
when Jesus cast the demons in the swine. And I just stood there in amazement. He started pointing out all those villages around the Sea of Galilee where Jesus visited. And it meant so much. And then as we left that area and started down the Jordan Valley, I saw sheep, and I'll never forget, and I've never had it happen before, before like this um, or after it. And we saw a flock of sheep, and here was the shepherd leaving those sheep. He was going on his donkey. And I thought, what's he doing? Mm -hmm. And we get to the other side of the ridge and look back, and there was the little lost lamb. Wow. Jesus mm -hmm. left the 90 and 9 to go find that one that was lost. Yeah. And he will do that for us today. I found that real in my life. Yes. You know, many times we get lost out here and we find Jesus knocking on our heart's door mm. to come home. That's right. So, you know, the scriptures just come alive. I saw some shepherds talking to their sheep. We were there sitting on a bus and he spoke to the sheep and made a motion. And as he concluded his statement, they run down in the ditch and started picking grass. But they stood there till he finished. And so it's like they knew his voice. We as Christians should know the Good Shepherd's voice. And that will help us when we hear God speaking to us. Then I have story after story, but standing in Jerusalem on the Mount of Olives, overlooking the old city of Jerusalem and everything that took place there, uh, it just opens up so much that the scriptures really unveil to us in words, mm -hmm. you see a picture of it. Yeah. So that has really been something that just brings the Bible more. It, the Bible is alive. It's a living word, but uh, it really helped me bring the scriptures to life. Yeah. I'll help you I made out it here quick. Too. Yeah, I don't know about that, <laughs> but it was good. Um, I'll help you out here too. We're like, we're praying and believing this conflict in Israel is going to come to pass um, and praying for everyone involved in that. Um, and dad's already planning another trip. So you can reach out to the, I'm selling, selling for you right now. Reach out to the church and we can connect you. If you want to go, go with my dad. Um, as he's, he's been over 20 times now. Um, Sign me up. The kids need to get a little bit older, yeah. but then, so just keep going. Okay. Yeah. Don't stop. Yes. Yeah. Um, He's been over 20 times now, and I've been two times. Um, but it was such a rich experience in my life. And something I didn't mention a minute ago, um, but I, I do remember when I was a little boy, he would come home and point out that's a, that's a time where he did model the Word. I mean, he would point out Scripture and biblical stories and then show us a picture of the place oh, awesome. um, or old projection slide, yeah. you know. And so it was, it was um, really awesome. And that was always interesting to me. I think it was probably more interesting to me than it was a lot of people that would come home and talk to it about because I'm, I've always loved Indiana Jones. Yeah. <laughs> I still do. I did as a kid. We grew up watching about the, the um, Ark of the Covenant, you know, and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. And then the last, uh, the last crusade, um, they go and part of that's filmed in Petra in Jordan, which is somewhere I knew he had been. And yeah. um, I love just that sort of story. I love archaeology. And everywhere you look, in, in Israel is an archaeological site, right. you know, so I, that part of it was just naturally interesting to me. But you go um, and then you see all these places. And um, as dad said, there's different places that speak to different people in different ways. There's a lot of places that are built up and maybe developed or there's a church built over a site and they'll tell you, hey, this may not be the exact site, um, but here's some history that points to why it could be. 
but some of my favorite places are the places that are just untouched and really just maybe out in the wilderness and as it was. Mm-hmm. For instance, the Valley of Elah that we read about with David and Goliath and 1 Samuel, mm-hmm. uh, where you can really, we went there on one of the trips I went on, and it's this valley with two ridges on each side and a dried up creek bed running on one end of it where you can just see um, the Israelites and the Philistines on opposing sides in this battlefield in the middle where, where Goliath would have called out and taunted them. You know, and so you read that, and then you've been somewhere like that, and you can see this creek bed where he would have picked up these flat you know, stones and flung them at him. And it's just unbelievable. It truly does make the Bible, as you read it, come alive in color. Yes. And you go somewhere like Mount Carmel, where Elijah confronted the prophets of Baal and um, just the, the conflict that went on there. And then um, when everything, as he mentioned, that took place around the Sea of Galilee as Jesus was doing his ministry. Um, and then you go into Jerusalem, and that's where I had my moment where I feel like the Spirit really like spoke to me. Um, and every time I read in any of the gospel accounts now, when, when Jesus made his entry into Jerusalem, um, heading to the cross, you know, and this this picture of um, from everything from being in the upper room to the ascension where Christ would have ascended, um, all of these moments just stand out in my mind as I read those latter chapters in the gospel. And to, to for me, it, it, really that place, Caiaphas's house in the dungeon there where Jesus would have spent the night already being tortured and beaten, and he'd been just been taken from the Garden of Gethsemane, and you can see the path that they took to get there and knowing that his best friend is outside disowning him, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. at the time. And it's just, it's beautiful to sit in that dungeon and have that realization of like, wow, the savior of the world was in this place with me in mind, you know, mm-hmm. uh, knowing what the end was going to be, knowing what he was about to face. Um, and I will never forget that moment. And then the second trip, that's where I proposed to my wife, not at the dungeon, that'd be yeah. kind of weird, but in the, uh, the garden tomb area, which yeah. is a beautiful place. Um, but it was, it's just an amazing place. And that he said that about being a visual learner. I didn't know that about you, dad, until you said that, but that makes a lot of sense because I'm, I'm the same way I'm visual or tactile. I've got to see it. I've got to touch it. And honestly, that's been one of my struggles when sometimes throughout my life, and my walk with Jesus is sometimes it's been hard for me to just sit down and read um, and because that's just not the best way for me to learn. It's not an excuse by any means. I'm growing in that. Um, but something about seeing it and, and walking it and touching it is absolutely unbelievable and life-changing. One, uh, one thing come to mind that I have to share, we have a picture of Cody and Hannah in our spare bedroom uh, in a, one of those natural places that hadn't been corrupted with anything. Uh, but it's called the Valley of the Wind and Doves. And it's the path that Jesus would have taken from Upper Galilee, Nazareth, yeah. to come into the Galilee area. Wow. We love to walk up between those mountains where Jesus would have walked because everybody that you take over there one of the first things they say they would like to do is walk where Jesus walked. Yes. Well, there are stones in Israel and stones in Jerusalem that you know that's where he walked. Mm -hmm. That path that he traveled from Nazareth to Galilee would have been exactly where he walked. So I love to take people there and, you know, they've now they've put a uh, 
concrete path up through there <laughs> instead of like it was when you went. It was gravel, you know, just a, just like a trail. Yes. But I, I love that, you know, okay, you can walk where Jesus oh, walked. Yeah. This is where he came in mm -hmm. to Magdala, the Sea of Galilee area. So it was special. That's awesome. I love that. Thank you guys for sharing that. I, I just love, I mean, I, you said you could talk all day. I could listen all day. Just that, that like passion. And I love you said like it, it makes the, you read the Bible in color yeah. as a result of that. And I think that's yeah. just incredible. One other quick thing is in, as I was thinking about even preparing for this, if you, we're talking about rest, yeah. right? And now the, the word is essential to rest. Mm -hmm. If you want to learn about rest, be in Israel during Shabbat. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And see how seriously they take that. Yes. You know, in the old law, you get on an elevator in a, in a, a hotel, you're not, they, don't, they won't hit a button mm -hmm. you know, as an act of, of work. Yeah. Or striving, it stops on every floor, yep. <laughs> and the doors open. They program so, the elevator. Yeah, we'll stop on every. Okay, so that yeah. So you learn a lot about rest um, just in that culture, which is which is interesting. Man, that's incredible. Yeah, absolutely love that. <laughs> so um, here, here's a question for you guys, um, for for really for for both of you, and and you can go to either order. But like David, how have you seen the Bible really come alive? from watching Cody's life and how he lives. And then Cody, and you've alluded to this a little bit already, but how have you seen the Bible come alive from watching your dad and how he lives? I, we are extremely blessed today. We feel like God gave us our children. Mm, that's right. So I know it takes parents, but God gave us the two children we have. Uh, Bridget, uh, made good decisions. We, you know, we were with her all the time. And then Cody come along. And uh, as we watched Cody grow, uh, as Bridget had goals and she had, uh, you know, things that she wanted to accomplish all through life here in her early years, uh, we saw she used a level head. Uh, long story short, when it come time for her to get married, her husband came and asked her for asked for her hand in marriage. And I didn't give him a lot of a lot of flack, you know. Yeah. And it was like uh, Gene said, "Well, if I'd known it'd been like that, it, I'd have, you know, wouldn't have been worried about this so bad." <laughs> but I said, "Listen, you know, I, I let him know real quick. If I didn't know Bridget the way I know Bridget, mm -hmm. uh, I wouldn't be this willing to hand you over. I know she's going to make a good choice. Yeah. And if she chooses you, I won't have any problems with that." Cody comes along, and we watched Cody from a kid. I mean, from a kid. He was eight years younger than Bridget. As he grew up in church and was working in church, it was amazing to see the talent just come pouring out of him. I remember him picking up a guitar with nylon strings. You know, I mean, and one of the strings would be gone, and he would start picking out Mary Had a Little Lamb or something, you know. That's I thought, how does he do that? You know, <laughs> uh, he would take my bass and he'd run up the the neck of the bass. He said, they're playing in that key right there. He didn't know what it was, but he knew they were playing in that particular key. Uh -huh. And I thought, I, I, mean, I was never that talented. I mean, he got all his music from Sherry, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, singing, singing, yeah. you know. But what was, spe we, we were sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Well, it was special. We would watch him, and uh, I guess what amazed me was his ability to, to communicate with other people. Yeah, that's right. uh, it didn't matter if they were older people, younger people, people his age. 
uh, we saw God using him that way, and we was wondering, okay, what's it going to be? A politician, a preacher, <laughs> you know, what's it going to be when he grows up? So we didn't know. Okay. So we were just, uh, we were trusting in God. And uh, he had already done a great work in Bridget, and we were waiting on uh, Cody to see how he was going to do. I appreciate very much the first officer position that he held in the band yeah. uh, in, in high school. And I wasn't a band fan. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, I was one of those guys that was in the stands that said, get him off the field, let's play ball. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. But when he started in the band, I saw the work and the dedication that they had to have, so I wouldn't let him quit. <laughs> Um, another story there, but his first office in school was the chaplain of the band. And I thought, you know, if he's willing to do that as a young high school yes. student, uh, he's taking a step. Mm -hmm. And from there, it's just been one thing after another. And, you know, I appreciate the way he's, I see his children growing up now, yeah. him and Hannah, the way they've raised them and how they're together and how they work together there. So it's all part of God's plan coming together. Yeah. And it's just been a blessing to sit back and watch in my older years. Oh, that's awesome. I absolutely love that. That's good stuff, David. All right, Cody, what about you? Yeah, um, as I mentioned, just like the values he instilled in our family you know, from uh, the very beginning of my life. And like, I, I remember dad was super busy with work. Like he had a, a lot of responsibilities, but he was always there at every every ball game, every function. Like he would... Somehow he would be there, you know, and it was like I knew that I was important to him yeah. and our family was important to him. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the work ethic that I have today comes from him for sure. And even now, like as he's pastoring a church, seeing how he shepherds his flock. It's interesting that you shared that story about the shepherd yeah. um, because I see how you shepherd um, your flock and it is so Christ-like. And I'm just so encouraged about it to the point to where um, we were celebrating Thanksgiving a couple of weeks ago and dad gets a call um from from a young man and all they had had that day was a bowl of cereal and he just his family's been through a lot um he's been from home to home and place to place and so dad didn't leave our he didn't leave our outing yeah. you know we all none of us really knew this was going on outside of he and mom we leave late that night you know their house and he starts collecting all this stuff, all of our leftovers and their leftovers um, to take to this young man and to his mom. Wow. Um, and awesome. so I was like, it's cool because you're living out exactly what you talked about that shepherd doing. Yeah. And so I see that in your life. And as I was thinking about this question in particular, um, I wanted to think about like a, a, a scripture um, that really exemplifies who dad is today. And I'm proud of our heritage and lineage and all that. Um, Disney men have done a lot of great things. Yeah. Um, there's another thing that we're known for, and that could be a temper. <laughs> you can trace that back. When he retired from Deerfield, they gave him a trash can because he would kick a trash can on the assembly line floor if something wasn't going right. Um, and that apple did not fall far from the tree. And so, but um, to see how God's worked, and Hannah and I even talk about this now, and our team the other day were talking and they all said, you're going to cry. And this may be when that happens. <laughs> um, to see what God's done in his life in recent years mm -hmm. and how he's moved um, in some of those ways and to see how he takes care of my mom who had a massive stroke a few years ago and how he cared for 
um, his parents, um, as they both had dementia and Alzheimer's and how um, he helped care for my other grandmother who also had Alzheimer's. Um, but just to see like the compassion in his heart soften um, as he's gotten older, it also encourages me. Yeah. And as I've tried to grow a lot this year and overcoming some of those faults and flaws, yeah. um, I've able, been able to see how that can be possible mm-hmm. through my dad, awesome. which is really cool. And so um, this scripture um, that I'd like to share with us is just uh, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. And it's funny, I don't view him as old. Yeah. Because he's still, but you are a little older. (laughs) Um, Fruit in old age, they will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. Mm. So it's just great to see that this phase in his life, um, through all the different seasons of life, he is still bearing fruit in, in where he's at now. And I would say probably more so than ever which is just really, really great to see. Yeah. Mm. That is good stuff. Thank you guys for sharing. Yeah. Well, and I just love how, honest, as you were even talking about Cody, I thought about the parable of the talents and how like he's so talented, but you see a lot of talented people squander that. And how he has just worked, you've taken... He's taken, you've taken work ethic and your talent and look at what God's doing through that. And God is just blessing that. Um, and then just seeing both of you growing and just continue to like thrive in the word. Yes, yes. And amen. Like, thank you both for the example you are to all of us. I love that. So we got two more questions. Um, one for both of you and then one specific to each of you. So the, the first of those two questions, just like, what are you currently reading? You know, what, what, God's, what is God teaching you? And I'll caveat that and say, but we're recording this before Christmas, okay? So we may be like saying some Christmas things, even though you're watching after Christmas, but like currently today, like, like what is it that you guys are, are reading? I've been uh, recently in the book of John teaching at our church on Wednesday nights, mm-hmm. but I wanted to go there. I felt like God's leading me in that direction. But it was for me as much as it was anybody. Yeah. Uh, and as I've looked at those miracles that Jesus performed, those seven sign miracles in the book of John, I've been to most of those places. That's right. You know, and it just made it that much more real. We just finished last night, I Am the Vine, mm-hmm. the discipleship chapter. Yeah. Anytime you study discipleship, It'll take you to the book of John, chapter 15. So I'm in John, loving every minute of it. And so I'm digging in there. Uh, But Todd, the Word of God is, as I said earlier, it's real, and you know this. Uh, There's been situations in our life where I have had to seek advice. And rather than go talk to somebody, I really dug into God's Word. And most of the time, I found my answers in the sermons that Jesus taught, Mm -hmm. especially on the Mount of Beatitudes. Uh, He taught so much there. So I love to go back and read those. And any time I'm studying and looking for things to, you know, help me, I took a month off in September from pastor. Uh, Sometimes we do have to rest. Yes. And so uh, I didn't, I took a, month off, not from pastoring, but from preaching on Sunday morning. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, we talked about being sabbatical, and 
that wasn't a true sabbatical. I know that, <laughs> and the church knows that, but uh, I did what I needed. Yes. Okay? Yeah. So I found myself then, while I was resting, going back and looking at the book of Genesis, where it all began, uh, just to get the foundation right, fresh in my mind. I love uh, studying about Joshua. Mm-hmm. I love really Joseph's story. Joseph is really my hero. Mm-hmm in the scriptures, all that he went through. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I really dove in and studied Joshua or Joseph's life uh, there in the book of Genesis and the Gospels, mm-hmm. all the Gospels. Uh, so anytime I'm looking for a place to, to read or study, just get some foundation. I love Paul's writings. Yes. I mean, Paul, I've been to Corinth, I've been to <laughs> Greece. You know, all those places that he went to, uh, but yet, uh, going back to the foundation of the Gospels yes. is really what helps me as much as anything that I can encounter. And I would encourage people, really, if you're needing to find a place, start there and then just seek the Lord's will, and He'll guide you in those different places. There's a lot of resources out there. Yeah, I love that. And I'll even hop on there and say, if you don't know how to read the Gospels, if you go to our public church app, we have a thing called the Knowing Jesus Project, and it will teach you both how to read and apply each of the four Gospels. And it's right there on the app just to like try to make it very accessible to you. So that's awesome. Uh, right Now Media, I, I think you yes. guys have that. Uh, for young children, that is a great tool mm-hmm. that will help them get used to and really uh, shows the Word, mm-hmm. you know, in characters there on the videos. Uh, I encourage people to use that, truelife.org, mm-hmm. another one for older teenagers yeah. and older, uh, because there's a lot of problems that they're going to face, mm-hmm. and God's Word has those answers. Yeah, that's right. And uh, so they can take that, and, you know, it'll help them, and it'll help you find the Scriptures that you need mm-hmm. to go back and research then what, you, what will help you the most. I love that. Yep. And, and before you answer, Cody, one thing I'll just point out is thinking about when you're trying to make a decision, you're not really at rest in here. Exactly. And so as you would go to the Beatitudes or go to the teaching of Jesus, you would find rest because you'd find peace. Oh, this is what I need to do. Um, and that direction that gives you that inner sense of like, yeah. so I love that. Cody, what about you? Um, as you said, we're right now filming prior to Christmas yeah. and we're in Advent. And as with a lot of good choices that I make, it stems from Hannah. Uh, and she said, hey, what if we do an Advent study together? Yeah. And I said, absolutely. And so she ordered us something from uh, She Reads Truth and He Reads Truth. And it's this Advent study um, that you've missed out on for this year, but you can get on next year. And I think it's just it's absolutely amazing. Um, I've really loved it. And I'm, I'm an aesthetic person like visually things as we said matter to me and they just do a really great job with that um but what's really cool is yesterday uh, it's all the advent's all about the expectation and longing for christ to come right and looking to the birth of jesus um so we're talking yesterday in genesis about um the abrahamic covenant and him having the promise um of his son that's going to be born and he, as far as that, you're going to be an old man and you and Sarah are going to have a child, you know, and they're already expecting the birth of Ishmael. And he's coming, but the line that's going to come specifically from Isaac. Um, and so and then you go and read in John and this is all on the same day. You go and read in John about how Jesus is there um, 
with the religious leaders trying to get him in one of those gotcha moments, yeah. you know, and they're asking him, um, hey, you're, you're not even 50 years old yet, but you've seen Abraham. And then he comes around and says, well, I'm, I'm greater than Abraham, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And so they don't like that. Yeah. And then they want to stone him, you know. <laughs> and so it was really interesting because this was yesterday. And I instantly got this thought going back to what we talked about of um, where all of these things are taking place. And there, um, where Isaac was offered as a sacrifice and just to test his obedience, we know it was on Mount Moriah, which is the Temple Mount in Jerusalem today. Um, which, and then I go and I started thinking about all of this yesterday. And then as I'm reading today, it actually goes to exactly where my mind was yesterday about the offering of Isaac and how he says, you know, God's provide, we have the, the fire and the wood, but where's the offering? And then God provides the ram. Yes. Um, and then today it goes to talk about how Jesus gave his life as a sacrifice. Um, and, and that took place in the same on the same mountain in the same place thousands of years later um the ultimate sacrifice was given and just that realization um we real like realized that um god has a plan and I, I love when god's in the details yes and we see that all throughout scripture everything even if we don't realize it at the time everything is purposeful right. um it has a, a purpose and a meeting and more than and it's it's new every time you read it um, so I think that's just a really, really wonderful um, truth that we can we can glean from God's word. Yep, I love that. And I'm going to take a moment and just say, like, hey, for those of you who may not follow Jesus and you're watching that, like, His sacrifice was for you. And so, if you have any questions about what it means to follow Jesus, I know we're online. Email prayer at publicchurch.com or man. Talk to your friends, your family, you know, love Jesus. I'm sure there's somebody, I'm not sure, but there's probably somebody around you who would love to talk with you about that sacrifice and let you know that it's for you. So I love that. Mm -hmm. So here's our final question, and we'll have one version for you and one version for Cody. So David, if you could just talk to, to the parents for just a moment who are like, ah, man, I need to do something to help my kids begin to develop a love for the Word. And maybe they're teenagers, maybe they're little, it doesn't matter the age, just like, like, is there maybe just one thing that a parent could do to begin to like help their kids love the word? Uh, Todd, I, I know uh, people in general, but children especially, uh, want to be part of something. Yeah. You know, they want to feel like they're part of the group. They want to feel like they're part of the family. They want to be engaged in what you're doing. Engage your children in the Word of God. Engage them uh, to worship uh, the Word of God. Worship in, in church. Yeah. Uh, but the key is build those biblical truths, mm -hmm. those truths, those principles that you hear, learn how to apply those. And really, I'm talking about in all aspects of dealing with people, mm. uh, being honest, mm. uh, the kids and Sherry in particular will not go with me to trade for a vehicle. You know, uh, I'm very straightforward, yeah. but it's my money that I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And if I don't want to sell me a car, that's not a problem. Yeah. But I can walk away from that place if I don't buy or if I do buy and say, I've been honest with that person. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we, we were straightforward in our discussion, maybe, you know, they get embarrassed. But I, I, <laughs> I, I, but I really feel like, you know, we have to be honest with people That's right. and just uh, pour it out. And I'm talking about all aspects of our life. Mm -hmm. It's not just 
here one way and here another way and engage your family. I mean, I took Cody, I remember when we bought a van uh, in, in outside Atlanta, and he was totally wore out. I mean, he was gone to, on the way home. Uh, but he saw how I dealt with those yes. people. And I was honest the whole time. And I think honesty, integrity, staying with God's Word, showing it, modeling to, to your children is so critical, and especially especially in the day we're living right. in. People are showing them all kinds of things. We want to show them the truth. We want yes. to show them what's real. Right. And it comes through God's Word. I love that. And I think that's been just a theme of our conversation because sure. the theme of your life, yeah. that you're somebody who models it and shows it. And man, parents, if we would just do that, like we would be setting our kids up to love the Word. Because when they see that integrity between what they're reading and what we're doing, I think... I really believe that makes them want more, you know, so that's incredible. So, Cody, the version of this is for you is thinking maybe they're a parent, maybe they're not a parent. Just like whatever their stage of life is, there may be somebody watching and they're like, I've never really done this. Yeah. Or it's been years yeah. since I've cracked open a Bible or opened a Bible app. So, like, what is a tangible first step? Because we've said if we're going to rest, we've got to be in the Word. So, like, what, what's a first step for them? I'd say um, for me, and as I mentioned, sometimes this has been a struggle in my life. And you, there is a direct correlation to how my soul feels rested and just whole and at peace um, with the time invested in His presence in God's Word. So the simplest thing you can do, and this is something that we've heard Pastor Chris Hodges from Church of the Highlands say before, is think about the first 15. Um, and I think if he breaks that down into, if that's, if that's what you can do, do five minutes in prayer, five minutes in worship, and five minutes in the Word. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll make it even easier for you this week and just say, pick 15. Yeah. But plan it. Maybe, maybe your life is chaos and you're working third shift or whatever that may be. Maybe your kids wake up before you do because they don't like to sleep. And you just <laughs> like plan it every day, whatever works best for you to take 15 minutes um, to just set aside and to get with your father. Um, the, the benefit that you would see from 15 minutes every day as just a first step, um, it will change your day and it will change your outlook. Um, it'll change how you interact with the people around you. Um, just, I mean, with, if you do have little kids, so I mean, we, we've got for Annie, I mean, I talked to her a lot. Her verse is Proverbs um, chapter three, verses five and six. And so I'm trying to get her to memorize that, you know, and, and with the way we're wired, it's like, let's put this to a rhythm, yes. you know, and she's getting it. Yeah. Um, and so with Jackson, he, for his is Joshua one nine, it, because when he was really little, he was just fearful. Yeah. And so it's like, hey, be strong and do not be afraid. Yes. Um, so trying to get them to develop that love early, yes. you know, but taking a little step, like 15 minutes, can make, make a huge, huge impact in your day. Yep, I love that. And so that's just a tangible step for all of us. So look, hey guys, this was awesome. <laughs> I have had a blast. And this is a day that I'm gonna remember for a really long time. And so thank you for letting me be a part of this really special moment for you guys. I'm so excited for even just thinking about Annie and Jackson as teenagers to be like, hey, watch this thing <laughs> with, uh, you know, me and dad. Like, I'm not just like th there's a generational impact even in what you guys have done today, knowing that it's recorded as four people. So thank you, guys. Thank you. And let's go do it. Let's be people of the word and let's find rest for our souls as we dig into God's word. Yes. 
Will you pray for us to close Todd, us? before and, I yeah. pray, I want to say one more. I love it. Um, you were in Cody's graduating class. And uh, church, you, you have a blessing as a pastor uh, that he's lived this way in high school, college, in his life. And I'm sure he, you know that. But I've been to a lot of graduations. But I remember your graduation speech <laughs> better than any I've ever heard. Uh, no regrets. That's right. Yes. And, uh, I, you know, I'll, I'll always remember that. But it was a blessing to, to sit there and hear you guys. You were the class rep- representative. So you gave a speech. speech. <laughs> yes. Both of you give a speech. And I know Cody could give a speech. Yeah. We may have to write it for him, but he could give a speech, you know. But uh, it was it was awesome. But I always remembered your speech, and it meant a lot to me. Thank you. So uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you today for your blessings. We thank you for this season. We thank you for this time that we've had today just to sit back and reflect. God, it's blessed my soul and my heart to be here with Cody and Todd and God, I pray that you continue to bless their church and the work that they're doing. God, bless the, the people as they come in and the people that watch this video. God, we just hope it means something to them that they can instill into their children to help them grow in the grace and goodness that you have for them. Father, we love you today and we praise you for your son. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, Public Church, my name is Sam. I have the opportunity to serve as a student pastor here at Public Church, and we are so excited that you joined us for our annual online-only gathering as we take a time to Sabbath and rest and give our teammates and staff an opportunity to rest as we begin 2024. Well, 2024 has got a lot of great things happening here at Public Church, and it's all gonna start next Sunday, January 7th, at 9.30 and 11.15 as we get back into our normal gathering rhythm. This is also gonna kick off 21 days of prayer, which is an awesome time for us to start the year in a time of prayer and fasting. Throughout these 21 days, we're gonna have plenty of times to get together and pray throughout the week, as well as our normal Saturday morning prayer times. We're also gonna end 21 days with the Connect and Serve Expo and a worship night. You will wanna be sure you are a part of all of these things. Also, 2024 is a huge year for Public Church. We are celebrating our 10-year anniversary, and we wanna make sure that you are involved. So on January 14th at 9.30 and 11.15 during our normal gathering times, we're gonna be celebrating 10 years. Also, the day before on January 13th, we're gonna be partnering with Candy's Creek Church for a special prayer event right here on campus as we celebrate all that God has done. As we transition into a time of worship through giving, we wanna let you know that your giving goes beyond the four walls of this church. Just at the end of 2023, we had the opportunity to send out three teams into the global mission field, helping predominantly kids. This is such an amazing thing. Well, thank you so much for joining us for our annual online gathering. We hope that you have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next week.